Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Sirius XM Radio presents, in conjunction with House of Athlete, I Am Athlete Tonight. What up, what up, what up, good people? This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, 10-year NFL defensive lineman, Lige Dusbull. You know I got my guy with me, 15 years covering the Miami Dolphins as a beat writer, NFL columnist, my guy, Omar Kelly. Oh, what's good? Chilling, man. Tough day today. Oh, it's a lot. It's a lot going on today, wasn't it? Yeah, man. This is we're uh, gonna lean on you today heavily. (laughs) I got the juice. Yeah, but how's everything been going, man? I know you've been at Dolphins camp, man. How's that been going? Um, good, relatively good. To <laughs> Until the day's be- news, huh? <laughs> yeah, two is being consistent. I'm I'm in the middle of watching practice, and then the news literally drops from the NFL where. You know, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into they, that. They got a little slap on the wrist. So. <laughs> that's what's hey, up. Man, that, that, that's life. That's life. Oh, we got another teammate, six-time Pro Bowl running back, two-time Super Bowl champion, LaShawn Shady McCoy. Shady, what's good with you? I'm doing good. Finally, I'm doing good. How's that's everybody good. doing today? We can't complain, man. Let's go ahead and jump into the show, man. We got a great show for you today. A trade went down in baseball The likes we've honestly never seen before. Juan Soto is headed to the San Diego Padres. We'll discuss this. Tiger Woods turned down between $700 and $800 million to join the Live Tour. Don't know if I could have done that, and we know for damn sure Omar Kelly wouldn't have done that. He would have took that money. money. (laughs) We'll talk about that. And our teammates, Adam Pacman Jones and Brandon Marshall from I Am Athlete Tonight sat down with head coach Brandon Staley and Pro Bowl wide receiver Keenan Allen live from training camp, and we'll have those interviews for you. But first, the NFL has fined the Miami Dolphins and stripped them of 2023 first-round pick and 2024 third-round pick for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. The Miami Dolphins owner and real estate developer Stephen Ross has been fined $1.5 million and suspended from participating in team events and operations through October 17. Now, the penalties mark the conclusion of the NFL's investigation into reports that the Dolphins tampered with coaches and players. Now, the NFL came out with their conclusions of the tampering allegations, and they decided it was three different occasions that the Dolphins tampered, right? The first occasion was in 2019 and 20 with Tom Brady while he was still under contract with the New England Patriots, supposedly as early as August 2019, there was discussions 
and that you know carried over into the postseason. Now, these numerous and detailed discussions were conducted by Mr. Bill, who in turn kept Mr. Stephen Ross and other Dolphin executives informed of this discussion with Tom Brady. And then again in 2021, now Brady's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Supposedly discussions between the Dolphins and Brady happened as early as December of 2021. And they talked to uh, Brady about becoming a limited partner in the Dolphins and possibly serving as a football executive, although they uh, you know, didn't rule out the possibility that he could potentially come and play for the Dolphins as quarterback. And then in January 2022, the Dolphins, you know, communicated with Don Yee, who was the agent for then the New Orleans Saints head coach, Sean Payton, about having Payton serve as Miami's head coach. So Roger Goodell put out a statement saying, investigators found tampering violations of unprecedented scope and severity. I know of no prior instance of a team violating the prohibition of tampering with both a head coach and a star player to the potential detriment of other clubs over a period of several years. So Stephen A, uh, Mr. Stephen Ross put out a statement after the allegations came out and he was suspended and fined $1.5 million. This was his statement. He said, the independent investigations cleared our organization of any issue related to tanking. That's not what it said. And all of Brian Flores' other allegations. Again, that's not what it said. As I have said all along, these allegations were false, malicious, defamatory, and the issue is now put to rest. With regards to tampering, I strongly disagree with the conclusion and the punishment. However, I will accept the outcome because the most important thing is that there be no distractions from our team as we begin an exciting and winning season. I will not allow anything to get in the way of that. Got to lean on my teammate, Omar Kelly, who's been covering the Miami Dolphins for over 15 years. Omar Kelly, the yes, Stephen Ross accepting the suspension and fine show that he truly was involved in tampering in some sort of fashion, even though he put out that statement saying he wasn't. <laughs> Listen, um, let's 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 start by addressing the statement and the punishment, because if you remember, these whole investigations stem from Brian Flores and the allegations that he made about the Dolphins tampering the dolphins tanking and the dolphins basically setting him up for failure especially firing him when he wouldn't co collaborate cooperate with all of their shenanigans and and i've covered the dolphins for 15 years there's tons of shenanigans going on with that organization <laughs> um now what i find very interesting about the NFL's investigation is keep in mind while they acknowledge that a lot of Flores's claims had some validity and accuracy, some merit to it, yeah, some merit to it. They didn't punish because of of that, or they didn't deem. Yeah, or, or, as far or as the tanking, they didn't punish, right? Yes, or they didn't they didn't acknowledge any guilt because of that. And there's a there's a very important reason for that because of Brian Flores's lawsuit. Um, the fact that Flores and his camp are trying to force this to not go into arbitration and the fact that they are being sued as a league and teams. So you cannot have an independent investigator, whether they're independent or not, do their own investigation and come out and say you're guilty of this before you're having a lawsuit. So if you look at the whole statement that the NFL said, very lawyered up, 
and it was very clean and said, basically, all of these things that we're technically being sued for, we don't know about them. But all this tampering stuff, that, that not even the incident where Brian Flores says that Tom Brady was supposed to meet him on a yacht mm. with, with the owner was addressed. No, we've got these other incidents here in, involving Tom Brady and tampering, but that one is somehow excluded. You understand mm. what I'm saying? Yeah. You get the you get the, the hint I'm trying to say here? Yeah, I get what you're trying to say. They just conveniently left out what yeah. Brian Flores was saying because, you know, to let the viewers and listeners know, uh, Brian Flores is, you know, currently suing the NFL, right, for their hiring practices. So I, I think that's what, Omar, you're trying to get, you know, get that point across. So that. all of the allegations and accusations, even though they said, hey, some of this has some merit to it, but we, we can't say whether they're guilty or not. Um, because the integrity of the game and ta- and and tanking, they damn sure were tanking. Trust me, they were tanking. Um, <laughs> e- even Brian Flores cannot sit here and deny that they were tanking. When we sat down with him on I Am Athlete, he said all the moves that they made to make the team worse, he viewed it as a challenge. Okay, all right, sure. Um, <laughs> now the issue that that I have is for. For if you're going to penalize the Dolphins for this unprecedented amount of of tampering, um, you're 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 basically trying to set an example for something that everybody in the league does. So you're basically saying to the Dolphins, we're going to give you this unprecedented amount of fines and draft pick losses because you speed on the highway, even though everybody else is speeding on the highway. You got caught, so now we do it sloppily. Yeah, you oh you sped sloppily. You saw a police officer, you didn't even slow down, you didn't even take your foot off the brake, you just kept on going. And it's it's harsh, but I believe that the penalty is harsh because they're also penalizing them for tanking. Mm. And they're penalizing them for for everything that they couldn't acknowledge that they really did because there's a pending lawsuit. Mm. So $1.5 million is nothing to Steve Ross. That's pocket change. 100 percent yeah, let me, let's bring in our other teammate, LaShawn Shady McCoy. Shady, when you saw this ruling by the NFL, you know, striping the Miami Dolphins of two draft picks, a, a fine of $1.5 million, and, you know, essentially suspending Stephen Ross until, you know, midway yeah. through the season, about six games to October 17. What was your first yeah, initial reaction? Watson suspension, six games. <laughs> I just, you know what it was? I, I just felt like, man, there's always, and I think each time there's a team that's trying to rebuild or trying to put the team together, just some type of tampering. No matter if it's, you know, coaches going through players, owners going through coaches to get the players. Mm. I mean, that's that's the name of the game. Football, basketball, you know? Because a lot of things is like we're all – somebody knows somebody, right? And yeah. who wouldn't want Tom Brady? I'm sure there's a lot of teams that oh, – A whole bunch Tom probably Brady reached out. <laughs> yeah, but nobody – but it probably wasn't, um, you know, brought to anybody's attention. Yeah. Yeah, so – I mean, I think it happens all the time. I think, hey, to get Tom Brady to to to, uh, to Tampa Bay, right? Team that hasn't been winning at all. Um, I'm sure somebody knows somebody. You know what I mean? And I think players are attraction. I think you look you look at the roster, and see if it's if it's a team that I can play with, and then you make some calls, and some some other coaches make some calls, and it's all about putting things into perspective. And I think that if you really think that this is the first time that people or teams do this. You're losing your mind, and 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 a million dollars with a draft pick—that's okay. They'll deal with that. Yeah, 
and to your point, this, you know, that's the perfect segue into what I want to ask Omar Kelly. Do you think, you know, this punishment is justifiable enough or should it be more for the lack and disregard of the tampering rules by the Miami Dolphins and Stephen Ross and other members on the staff? Because obviously they were sloppy, right? The, the, you know, the NFL was able to point to three different occasions when to do this. To Shady's point, right? This happens though behind the scenes. On the regular tampering happens, but the fact that they were, you know, I would say blatant with it, you know, because the NFL was able to point to three different occasions, not just one. Do you think this punishment is justifiable enough or should it even be more? You you know, what's interesting. And and I'm glad that the independent arbiter had an opportunity to probably sit down with Tom Brady and sit down with his people. And what they should have asked him is when you finish with the Patriots, how many teams spoke to you? before free he actually, period. before <laughs> the free agency period actually started. Yeah. And it, 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 now do we have to open an investigation for all those teams? Mm. It, it, and, you know, same thing with, with, um, with Sean Payton, you know, if, if they sat down and they had an interview with Sean Payton and, and, and they're investigating Miami sloppy tampering situation and, 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 and this, this happens, this happens. How many teams do you think probably had a backdoor conversation with Sean Payton? Um, or his representatives uh, about a lot, a lot, <laughs> plenty. <laughs> I, I know there's one in in Texas. They they're in California right now. They probably probably had some kind of conversation with him. You talking um, about the just, Cowboys? Let's go ahead and put that out there. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it, it's 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 you know we know that this happens in all sports. The problem is the Dolphins are just really sloppy with it, 100%. and. And the NFL needed to slap them on the wrist because you embarrassed the league. You, 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 this Brian Flores lawsuit. Okay. You, you know, you embarrassed your league. You left this coach for seats and, and, and you, you can't do that. You can't do that in any regard. Like now you go, but, and say that, Oh, in a joke, whether he was joking or not, you, you, you joking that you're going to pay a hundred, a hundred thousand dollars for a loss. Mm. And you, 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 you deem this as, Oh, it was joke. It was said in jest. Okay. But it was still sad. Right. Yeah. And, and, and you're telling me that that's not going to make Brian Flores think one type of one, one way or another about trying to win that week 15 game against Cincinnati that ultimately decided whether or not he got Joe Burrow or not. He obviously won the game in overtime because Cincinnati wasn't trying to win. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and voila, we see history. One team was playing in the Super Bowl and one team has been rebuilding for 15 years. Yeah. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lee J. Doosable, with my guys, Omar Kelly and LaShawn Shady McCoy. And we're speaking about the Miami Dolphins being stripped of draft picks and also uh, fined $1.5 million because of tampering allegations. Omar Kelly, do you think the NFL came down as strong as they did on the Miami Dolphins, taking away those draft picks, suspending the owner, um, also fining them $1.5 million because, you know, the perception has been, the NFL has been light when it comes to the owners as far as discipline and punishment. You know, people bring up the Robert Kraft situation, the Dan Snyder situation. Do you think this is something the NFL, you know, is trying to rectify by coming down as hard as they did on, on Stephen Ross and the Miami Dolphins? I, I think the worst case scenario for Stephen Ross is them saying, hey, you mess with the integrity of the game, you're going to have to sell the team. And I think anything short of that is a victory for Stephen Ross. Mm. So even if we're sitting here and we're talking about a first and a third, which is the equivalent of, of trading for an elite player in his prime. Shady, what you got traded for? Like a uh, second round pick? 
Like you were an elite player? Um, no, some guy that was regular that you probably won't even know about. You know, <laughs> I won't even say who he is. Yeah, I mean, a first and a third is an elite player. So basically, you've lost the equivalent of an elite player, and you know, and and, and money, which means nothing to Steve Ross, and him right suspended on. for for six games. He got the Deshaun Watson suspension. It, it you know. It is what it is. That that's really the equivalent. The owner got the Deshaun Watson suspension. But if you're looking at it from an NFLPA standpoint, in terms of owners finally being punished for their misdeeds, they're probably looking at it as a victory because mm. you, you 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 can't get these owners and billionaires to punish one another. Yeah, sure. I mean, but, but Omar, real quick, let me let me ask you this. So I, I don't think there's a a, a number value that could make them feel like um, that the, pen, the, the get, being penalized is worth it. There's not a number you can you can think of. They're billionaires, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then number two is like, even if they're not there, they're still running it. You see what I'm saying? 100%. And I'm thinking of maybe like, okay, so you take some draft picks. I think that's good enough because I, I don't think there's nothing you yeah. really can do to a billionaire owner. <laughs> do, you, yeah. do you see what I'm saying? I mean, they, they also, Shady, they they, uh, they banned him, I believe, for a year from the owner's meeting, so he won't be able to go to that. But like you said, that's fine. He's, he's, he's still running he the team. Of, <laughs> listen, running the team, he has a lot of billionaire friends. I'm sure he calls his guys, yep. uh, 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 you know, Jerry Jones on the phone. This and that. So he has friends. So I just don't think that there's nothing you really can do to a billionaire owner. Now, what you could do, right, when, it, when it's involving players like the to Sean Watson. I know we're getting to that later on, but you affect that differently because now you're actually taking playing time. You're taking money. You're taking prime years um, um, on the field, you know, experience with new teammates. Those things can affect the team from week one all the way to week 13, week yeah. 15, because, mm. you know, you're not playing with your all-star quarterback and your guy you spent $20 million guaranteed, he's not out there. So you affect the players differently than you can affect the bigger owner. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't see, I agree with Shady. I don't see the loss of Steve Ross for six games having any kind of impact whatsoever. I I think the first and the third draft picks that they lose is is probably, it's a steep punishment for, for the crime, especially considering everybody else does the crime. Yeah, but they were they were just sloppy with it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I want to ask LaShawn Shady McCoy this question. Does this put more pressure on Tua Tungavaloa to be the guy since now, Miami is stripped of one of their first-round picks, and maybe they don't have the draft capital to move up to get one of the top quarterbacks coming out in college next year. First of all, this segment, we're going to say LaShawn. So it's called me LaShawn for the whole show. Okay? <laughs> you don't want to be called Shady? Okay. Not, not the whole name. Not the whole name. Just LaShawn. <laughs> and, then, and then second of all, to answer your question, so I, I had um one of my good friends uh, or young friends, um, Chase Eggman, he's a running back for mm-hmm. the Dolphins. Correct. He's from Harrisburg, right? So I love the guys from my city to do well. And he said that, listen, this offense is so quarterback friendly. Um, mm-hmm. Just think of the 49ers, right? Everybody mm-hmm. doesn't like Jimmy G, but the players like him, the, the wins say they like him. So when you look at Tua, I mean, his, his job got a lot easier. I don't need no first-round draft picks, right? I got two first-round draft picks basically on the outside. Right, I got some some solid playmakers in the backfield, um, solid tight end, right? Decent yeah. line. I, I think he'll do well. I, I think there's no pressure. I, I, I think the team's fine. I don't need a first round draft pick. So I actually like the Dolphins this year. 
I guess they just put the pads on today, so I guess we'll get a better sense in, uh, of what they look like. But just looking at the team on paper, looking at the deficiencies that he has as a quarterback, looking at the, the good things he has now with the players he has, I think that makes his job a lot, lot easier. You now have to throw the ball, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 yards to make a good play. I could throw that ball five, six yards like Patrick Mahomes did, right? Maybe not as sexy, maybe not a sidearm, but maybe we just throwing a five-yard pass that may potentially get 25 yards, 30 yards. You see what I'm saying now? So now things look different. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with Shady. And in, in fact, I'm seeing that right now in training camp. I, I think more more so, the fact that you know this team basically shot their shot at Tom Brady again. And for Mike McDaniel, the head coach who got the job, you know, three weeks into the search, and I'm exaggerating, but it was a nice long wait possibly because they were trying to see what was up with Brady and Sean. Um, it lets them know you're not our first choice. We we mm. we kind of had settling for you. Dang. That's how you feel? Well, 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 well slow, slow down, because I, I do think that, I mean, how can I say this in the nicest way? Like, who was, he's okay. I, I think, <laughs> there might be, wait, wait, hold on, hold on let, me, let me say this. There might be only what? Maybe six, seven, out of 32 teams, six, seven quarterbacks that, that you won't listen to a Tom Brady conversation. So everybody wants Sean something Payton. better. Yeah. Same with Sean Payton. You're right. right? Yeah. yeah. So, so, and then even Sean Payton, Tom, like, so you always want better. And I, I think that, yeah, you look at the team, right? So now when you build players around them, okay, we can deal with this quarterback. Now they might, you know, depending on how he plays this year, do something different. I think the same thing with Philadelphia. Like, I, I think people who like Jalen Hurts, they put players around them, but it's like, okay, I'm sure if there was other quarterbacks that's trying to call, they would listen. And we're waiting to see this year what happens. Because if he's a player that can get better and better with players around him, like a Jimmy G, then you keep him. And if not, then you, you try to move it. Yeah, and to, to tie a ribbon on this conversation, a perfect example is, like you said, uh, uh, LaShawn, um, in the 49ers, Jimmy G has been to, what, two NFC Championship games in the Super Bowl. They felt like they needed somebody else to take them over the top. They drafted Trey Lentz three overall. You look in Cleveland, right? Baker Mayfield, much of a line. The Cleveland Browns haven't been to the playoffs since I don't know when. Takes them to the playoffs two years ago. Wins a game. They, they went, went, you know what I'm saying? Wins a playoff game. And they figured, you know, we can still get better at that position. They go get Deshaun Watson. So uh, to Omar and your point, LaShawn, you know, teams are always trying to get better, right? Now, Mike McDaniel might have been their first choice. And, and Tua right now might not be Mike McDaniel's first choice, right? But uh, they're going to go out there and roll, roll it out and see what they can get done. And if it doesn't work out, you know, that's why they'll, they'll go and draft a quarterback. And if it doesn't work out with Mike McDaniels, the search will continue for the next head coach. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because... If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. 
anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. So San Diego Padres agreed to trade for the Washington National slugger Juan Soto and first baseman Josh Bell. Now, the package going back to Washington for Juan Soto and Josh Bell, according to ESPN, is left-hand pitcher Mackenzie Gore, outfielder Robert Hassel III, shortstop C.J. Abrams, outfielder James Wood, right-hand pitcher Jarlin Susana, and first baseman at DH Luke Voigt. Now, there has never been a young player of Soto's magnitude traded at the deadline. I mean, this is one of the best hitters in the game, and he's only 23 years old. Now, Soto went from turning down a 15-year, $440 million contract offer from the Nationals to being traded to the Padres. Now, the Nationals did not want to raise their offer to Soto, so the best teams that potentially could match what the Washington Nationals wanted back in return, which was young talent, um, was the San Diego Padres, the L.A. Dodgers, and the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, Soto, again, is a generational slugger who was under contract for two more seasons until the 2024 season. He's going to join a group in San Diego that already features Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. Now, the Padres right now sit 12 games over 500 squarely in a wild card spot with their eye on their first World Series title. You know, they were you know, a serious lack of power on the team. They were searching for months for a good outfielder upgrade, and they got that with Juan Soto. To me, Soto is on, you know, pace to be a Hall of Famer. Again, 23 years old, and at 20 years old, helped the Washington Nationals win their first World Series championship. In 2020 and 21, he hit over 300 batting average, and this year has 21 home runs. And Josh Bell, again, is another good player. Uh, that's getting traded to the Padres. He's he's hitting over 300 this year. To me, this is again is unprecedented. The Washington did the Washington Nationals. Uh, Washington Nationals didn't even get generational talent back in return, and they also gave up another good player in Josh Bell. So I want to bring in our producer Anthony with a quick question: Does pairing Juan Soto with Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis Jr. give the Padres a real shot at the World Series this year? Oh, yeah, that's unquestionable. I mean, Juan Soto is a generational talent. The fact that he was able to lead the Washington Nationals at the age of 20 to a World Series championship. Crazy. You pair him up with, like, as you mentioned, Fernando Tatis. You pair him up with Manny Machado. That offense, bat for bat, could definitely compete with the Dodgers in the NL West. And then you look at the rest of the National League. 
Uh, yeah, you have the Mets who are having an incredible season. The Braves right. are right behind the Mets. When it comes to slugging and offense, the Padres arguably are the best in the National League right now with the addition of Juan Soto. It's going to be very interesting to see what kind of effect that's going to have on the pennant races down in October in September. Yeah, 100%. Like, again, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this. I tried to search and remember from when I was younger, or even do some research online to to think about when a guy, you know, still on his first deal at the, you know, not even at the, the top of his game, right? Because he's still only 23 years old. If you look at the history, most guys don't make it to the majors until around 24, 25 years old. This guy helped the, the Washington Nationals win their first ring at the age of 20. And I believe that year, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you know, led, I believe, the AL in batting average that year. I think he was averaging about 351. So this is, you know, a generational talent that the Washington Nationals are trading away. And to me, again, they didn't get any generational talent back in return. Yes, they got young players, but a thing like the thing about Juan Soto, he's a proven commodity. Like I, I, I feel like, you know, you know, maybe they couldn't work the deal out because he didn't want to be locked into the 15 year, $440 million. Maybe he wanted more money, but you just don't let talent like that walk out the door. So Omar Kelly, Ooh. when you first saw this trade, uh-huh. what, it's, what funny you, you, it's funny that you say that. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. You say what? Go ahead, Shady. I my Yankees, my Yankees could have used them. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Facts. Go ahead, Omar. What, what were you saying? I, I actually have a history of watching a team down here in South Florida trade generational talent in Miguel Cabrera <laughs> and Giancarlo Stanton. So um, we definitely understand that, um, what it's like when a player doesn't want to be there and, and is shaking you down for more money, 15 years, $440 million. That's about 30 million a year. That sounds pretty good to me, but obviously Anthony could tell me if that's a, uh, no, you know, it's not that, enough. It's not <laughs> enough. Yeah, no, I'll interject here. It, it's very comparable to what like the top guys get, but remember there's another player playing in New York talking about Shady's team. Mm. Aaron Judge bet on himself. And Aaron Judge has probably made probably more than $100 million by betting on himself. By 100%. Not with the Yankees. And what's he going to sign in the offseason? If it's not New York, maybe the other New York team or another team, the Dodgers, give him that deal. But one thing I really want to point out here with Juan Soto, which is really interesting to me. I just mentioned he led the team, the Nationals, uh, to a World Series title in 2019. Mm-hmm. Guys, that was three years ago. Yep. How many offensive players are on the Nationals that were on that World Series team? I don't think any anymore, right? One. Okay. (laughs) One offensive player. And I know there's a lot of turnover in the NFL. This is not really what MLB does. There's not this amount of turnover from year to year, especially three years ago, where these guys were at the top of the sport, and now the generational talent is gone. And and I think the larger point, and I'll show up here. This is not my show. But the larger (laughs) point here is he turned down that $440 million deal, right? Yeah, what's he gonna get now from the Padres or the other team in the open market? That's what something people were wondering about Mike Trout. Mike Trout was never able to do that with the Angels because they locked him in. Mm-hmm. This guy is akin to Mike Trout. Let's see what he's able to get. Is it forty a year? Forty two? Forty three? Man, we will see. Well, well, Anthony, I actually actually got one more question for you, and then we'll push this conversation forward. You talked about it, right? All of the star power that they had on that team from the two thousand nineteen season being all gone except for one player. Is this, you know, an indictment on, you know, the GM or even ownership there that, you know, guys are constantly, you know, leaving and guys like Juan Soto are forcing their way out, asking for a trade? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, Mike Rizzo, who's the GM of the Nationals, is always known 
to be trigger happy. He makes deals left and right. I mean, he traded Trey Turner to the Dodgers a couple years ago where mm. people were like, what are you doing? Trey Turner was a really good player. Um, I, I think is my personal opinion. I think is Mike Rizzo reading the tea leaves. Nationals are not going to be competitive. Mm. You could probably maximize what you could get for Juan Soto. Now you are arguing that you didn't get a generational talent, which I completely understand. However, you still got a haul. So yeah. trying to maximize what you get back for a player like that is probably going to put your team in the best position to succeed for the future. I think that's what Mike Rizzo's thinking. Okay. This is I Am Athlete Tonight. I am your host, Lijay Doosable, with my guys Omar Kelly and LaShawn. We're going, we were discussing Juan Soto being traded to the San Diego Padres. Now let's head out to Los Angeles, where I Am Athlete Tonight sat down with Los Angeles Chargers Pro Bowl receiver, Keenan Allen at training camp today. Allen, to me, is one of the best wide receivers in the league and definitely one of the best route runners in the NFL. So we'll play that interf- uh, interview for you right now. I appreciate you first for spending some time with us out here in Costa Mesa, California. Um, do you feel disrespected as a receiver? Sometimes. Um, Off-season, more than, more, than, more than in-season. Um, just be, the, be kind of the, crit- the critics. The analysts, the guys on TV, ESPN, they come out with their top tens. And they, you can tell they don't watch football. They don't watch no film. They just come in and look at the paper and look at the stats, and they go by that. So, And then you got fantasy football, whoever getting the most points in fantasy football. So it is what it is at the end of the day. But, you know, when it comes down to the game plan, coaches respect me. So, like, the players respect me on defense. So. Speaking of that, 11 other guys who got big paydays in oh, yeah. the last year. Oh, yeah. Um, What's your approach on that? How do you feel about that? Um, congrats to the guys. First off, uh, Christian Kirk setting the bar real high for everybody. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> hey, yeah. real high. It's a real high for everybody. So we, we love stuff like that. Anytime a receiver is getting money, you know, you got the opportunity to go, go and do the same thing. So definitely coming back with that chip on my shoulder, trying to prove that I'm still the best. So, oh, you say the best? Yeah. So that's you, you number one? In my book for sure. Who's going to stop me? Where, where'd your game come from, brother? You got a lot of sauce, a lot of flavor. Who did you watch growing up? Yeah. Or you know, Always been with? a Chad fan. Chad Johnson, always been a Chad fan. Uh, his quick twitch, mm-hmm. his release moves, his top of the route coming out in two steps, no wasted steps, stuff like that. Um, but when I got into the league, Stevie Johnson, Brandon Lloyd, um, you, Lord. B. Marsh, Brandon Lloyd was ridiculous. You see, he just no, threw me in just for love. No, nah, because you had the you had the push pull. I still can't do it. The push pull. The, so I can't. Old. I can't do that's it. Why? That's your best thing. I, I don't He's know how to get so there. Strong, he, he push pull. He receive a push and get a push yes. pull. And he, I, Let I don't me teach got, Mike. Ma- teach Malcolm Mike Floyd that. had it better than I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. double Malcolm Floyd game. Yeah, Stevie Johnson, Brandon Lloyd, Hakeem Nix, uh, Victor Cruz, West West Walker, West Walker. Yeah. Watching out here today, number 10 looked real special. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm comparing him to the quarterback that you had for the rest of your, I mean, the earlier part of yeah. your career. Yeah. Um, this guy looked like he could throw the ball everywhere. Do you think he the, he the guy that, that bring y'all over the top? Absolutely. I do. Um, just because of that reason. He can, he can make any pass in the book. Um, he can do it all. He can run. He can figure out the defense. He put us in the right positions. Um, just when, it, when it clicks for him, it's, it's going to be special. What you mean when it clicks? Uh, just understanding the whole game. I think, like I said, I had Phil. So Phil, Phil was able to she'd tell Pac-Man Jones his responsibility at the, at the snap. You know what I'm saying? Right. So once he could see it like that, see the whole thing, um, 
you know, right now, Corey Lindsley, he's making the mic points, so it, so it ain't too much on him. So once he can see all that, do all that, run a, he can run his own protection meeting, he can call his own third down play, and when the third down play ain't right, he can get us into the, to the next thing. What make him special, though? Like, you know, I'm seeing him out here. I saw the back shoulder. Yeah, it's the – the, You got Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the best, best back, the, back shoulder throw ever. Yeah, yeah. But he was – bro, yeah. this dude was uh, – he pushing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what it is. He, he got so much confidence in his arm. He don't even care when he throw the ball. He just know he's going to get it there. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm saying. Once it clicked for him and once he understand everything about the game, the angles, the timing, the, the where it's supposed to be at, I'm saying you catch an in route plus two, you should be minus two inside the numbers yeah. versus cover two, stuff like that. It's going to be special. As a team, how do y'all feel? I know y'all just added clear Mac. Y'all got Bosa. Y'all got a nice back end. As an offensive group sitting over there looking at the guys that's out there on defense, that's got to chop y'all a little bit like we're going to get the ball a lot more. Absolutely. And, uh, and we, I don't even think we got to the point where, where we think if we score 21 points, it's over with. But I think it's going it's to be like that, um, especially when Derwin get that new deal. He come back, run that back in on the, on the DBs. Khalil and Bosa up top, like you said, you got Van Noy. That's a, that's a, lot, of, that's a lot of experience and that's a lot of talent. So, how important is that? Darryl? Yeah. Oh man, he the head honcho. He he run the team. He he the, he the, he the guy that's talking. He uh he the pit bull. Ain't nobody messing with Derwin. You you know you always got that guy <laughs> who, got who that the pit one. bull. You got that one guy who uh yeah you got it's, you always got that James Harrison. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You got that. It's interesting. Over there. It's interesting that you said that because I'm gonna be honest. I'm always gonna be honest. Uh-huh. Out here, I feel like y'all was super locked in. Yeah. Um. But you were the only one I heard really talking. You know, I was like, damn, it's probably Derwin is that, is that rabbit, Absolutely. right? I Bad felt like y'all rabbit. was missing a little bit of juice today. It was just you talking. You know, you're talking to the rest, throwing my damn flag. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, it was it was cool seeing that because it's year 10 for you. And you still got, that's what I meant by that juice and that desire. Um, the division is loaded. 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 Um, I, I don't know. I was in the division for four years. I was drafted by the Denver Broncos. Uh, this may be the most stacked this division has ever been. Does that make you nervous? Nah, not nervous. I'm excited. I'm uh like I say, I got that chip back on my shoulder. We got we got new new uh a new a new number one in the in the division. Devontae then came over here, so I just gotta show him that this is my shit, man. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's my dog too. So the new number one. Yeah. The new number yeah, one? Yeah. Devontae, so damn, you saw you I'm in, the, that in the division. In the yeah. division. Yeah, but like a lot of people that we we go back to that talk, they say who's the best receiver in the game, and they say Devontae. Yeah, no doubt. Have y'all ca- you talked to him? My dog. Your dog. My dog. I talk. I talk him and OBJ. That's probably the ones I talk to the most. Right. For sure. With with the division being this pack, what do you think the little key things that you guys have to do to win the division? I know it was really tight, almost making the playoff last year, being yeah. eight and nine, as having a, a rookie coach. To me, y'all way more than succeeded what everybody else thought. Mm-hmm. What are the key points to be at the top of the division when it comes down to December, January, when yeah. one or two games come? I think taking taking advantage of the situations, the situational uh, game plan whenever it comes up, two minutes, uh, last last two minutes before the half, we got to get points. Uh, like you said, the defense, I, I feel like they're going to they gonna do a lot of good things, um, getting the ball back for us. Offensively, I think we just got to capitalize more, get the ball in the end zone. Like I say, take care of the uh, time of possession. Not, not let the defense have to fight for it. Let us put it in there. You a goal guy? A goal guy? Yeah. Uh, not really. I stopped doing it once I got to the ACL. I just want to play 16, play 17 games, and I'm going to show them what it's about. So that was 2016? Yeah. 
How did that, like you say, you, how did that impact you? That's a big deal. Yeah. You're saying you got the ACL 2016 and you stopped setting goals. Why? I just stopped setting self goals. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, like I don't care about going for a thousand, going for a hundred, hundred uh, catches. I just want to play all 17 games. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then let the let the game do what it comes to. I love that. With that being said, it's year 10 for you. Yeah. Um, what's the end and goal? What, what's your vision? What, what, what do you see? How you want this thing to end? I got. I think I got to keep playing for the for the legacy. The legacy is, you know, what I'm saying, building those bricks, putting brick on brick, and um. Just keep doing what I can do. Like I say, keep playing all 17 games and uh, let the stats speak for itself. All right. A um, couple more questions. It's the capital of California. I know this question. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you should have seen that's over there trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that's like, ready? Oh, oh, we know this uh, I know the answer, but I don't. <laughs> Bro, it's L.A., bro. Is it for real? No. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not Sack, 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 Sack. Yeah, I'm getting that Sack. I was going to say Sack. I didn't want to look stupid, though. Yeah. I actually like to ask you a question. Dots or no dots? The guys have a debate. Can you show them the dots? So, bro, listen, it's 2022. Uh -huh. Right, like men, we are. Man, we're look at this, man. You trying to make all these excuses? I got jail. Look like Mike Will, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Will shit. No doubt, man. What are we doing? What are we doing? I don't even get manicures, man. You don't get manicures. No. Thank you. No. Thank you. That was our interview. I am after tonight with Pro Bowl wide receiver Keenan Allen, and I just want to throw it to my teammates. There was a lot, you know, in that interview. Uh, Omar Kelly, I really liked, you know, his mentality when Devontae, he said Devontae Adams is coming to the Raiders. There's a new number one. I had to let him know this is my shit. Like, what, what did you think about that response? Yeah, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that. Put some respect on Keenan Allen's name, man. No, no, no. I do have respect on Keenan Allen's name. He has consistently been one of the top five receivers in the NFL for years and years. Probably, I would argue, the best route runner in the NFL mm. right now. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I would say it, it, it's it could be it could be a competition in terms of who is the number one who is the number one receiver in the division. I think the one thing that really stood out to me about that conversation was his conviction and belief in Justin Herbert. Yeah, and it, it really made me think, especially when you're talking about skill position players, when you know what makes you confident about that player who's delivering you the ball. Is it the intelligence? And and he he talked about Phillip Rivers and how Phillip Rivers will get you into your play, know what the defense is doing. If the, the defense is in the wrong, I mean, if if the, there's a better third down play, he'll get you into that third down play. And it's the head part. But what makes a young skill player confident in the quarterback that he's playing with? And it's the arm. Can he make every NFL throw? And and it really got me thinking. Like I, I sat here and I, I even tweeted it out. You know, he was talking about the back shoulder throws. And I think that's one of the hardest throws for a quarterback to throw, not yeah. skill wise, but just can see it and visualize it and execute it. And how many back shoulder throws have I seen Tuba throw? Oh, I, that's tough. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, and I sat there and I wondered and I was like, mm, I don't know about all that. Yeah. LaShawn, what, what did you take from that interview? Well, I would disagree a little bit. Omar, because like I mean, for example, right? Every player, especially quarterback, they have their own 
um, special abilities that makes them a superstar player. So, like, I look at Justin Herbert, right? In my opinion, he's a young quarterback. That's, he's the top five quarterback, in my opinion, with the talent. So, we talk about how he may not have the experience and the knowledge of um, for Phillip Rivers, right? Mm-hmm. Phillip Rivers doesn't have the arm like he has. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody don't have everything. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm trying to say maybe, what, Aaron Rodgers maybe has everything? And he's yeah. not the best. He's, so, he's one guy. Pick and choose what you want. You know what I mean? Like, I, even Tom Brady. Tom Brady's probably the best in my eyes, but I don't see Tom doing a lot, a lot of back shoulders throws. That ain't really his game. You know exactly. what I mean? Or, you see what I'm saying? So, a guy like Josh Allen, who I think could take the Bills to a championship, but I don't think – and he's a smart dude. I play with him. I don't think he's at a level where he knows what every bond of defense is supposed to be doing. You know what I mean? I just yeah. – so, Russell Wilson, I don't think he has that in his game where, look, I, I can dodge his defense like a like a Drew Brees. Everybody's different. But everybody mm-hmm. can win in their own different way. So I think with the young quarterback they have out there and Justin Herbert, I think he is a is a solid quarterback where they can win with him now. I think once he learns all that other stuff as far as maybe reading defense a little better, maybe knowing cover twos or cover threes, where to throw the ball, like the timing on it. Um, he talked about in the cover two of uh, two two yards inside the hash, stuff, small things like that. Those mm-hmm. are quarterback things you gotta learn. But as far as like being super dialed in where you gotta know where everybody's doing the defense, nah, you don't need to have all that. Because everybody don't have all that, right? It's yeah. a level of Peyton Manning, smarts and intelligence, and compared to a guy like Russell Wilson, who's smart enough. You know, yeah. you see, you see where I'm going with this. Yeah, 100%. so I think that they have enough to win with Justin Herbert. I don't think Joe Burrow. He went to the Super Bowl. I don't think Justin. I don't think uh, um, um, Joe Burrow is that doubted where. He can he knows exactly what defense is doing and where they're going and where they belong and uh, you know what I'm saying so I'm just yeah. saying like when I watch that team play right and I watch that quarterback he has a lot of weapons around him now has a super solid defense okay right because last year yeah. struggled just stopping the run for quite some time they got the same playmakers they got a solid running back that can catch the ball and run the ball they're a team to watch out for only thing is I'm scared about this team is they are in a good division yeah so that's my take. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I actually got them winning the division. And to your point, I think Justin Herbert right now is a top five quarterback because of his skill set. Like what Keenan Allen said, this kid can make every throw. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore his seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.